Okay, let's talk about off-season needs for the New Jersey Devils. And no, it's not the goalie position. It's the forward position. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, what are you talking about? Hughes, Heischer, and Brat all had good years. We don't need to focus on the forward position. Plus, we got Alexander Holtz coming up next year. So why do we need to focus on the forward position? Well, AllAboutTheJersey.com released another article that I agree upon. So we have a lot to talk about this episode. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devil, Trey Matthews. What is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to Locked On Devils Podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chaki, play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So the first two episodes of the week, I talked about the salary cap situation for not only the New Jersey Devils, but other teams around the NHL. I informed you guys that there are about 10 teams in the red when it comes to salary caps. So when given the opportunity, the New Jersey Devils should really try to exploit some of these teams, especially some of these playoff teams, because they have a lot of players and assets that can help benefit the New Jersey Devils going forward. And I also talked about in yesterday's episode, the big news coming out of MSG, in which Kanji announced that he is stepping down from his role as television play-by-play announcer for the New Jersey Devils. And I talked about maybe, hey, I can probably fill the role of Kanji because I know a lot about the New Jersey Devils. I'm a hockey play-by-play announcer. I know this team inside and out, so why not hire me? But uh, also to add, I'm being mentored by an NHL announcer, Ever Fitzhugh, for the Seattle Kraken. So just putting that out there, but digressing a little bit. So we've been talking about the salary cap. We've been talking about the broadcasting side of things for the New Jersey Devils. But let's go back to talking about the offseason and specific offseason needs for the New Jersey Devils, because we're going to be getting into the heart of silly season discussions. We're going to be talking about rumors that can uh, help benefit the New Jersey Devils going forward in terms of maybe obtaining a player, whether it's free agency or maybe uh, via trade, whatever the case might be. But I found a cool article on allaboutthejersey.com, and they talked about how the young core really needs to you know, keep up their consistency in terms of just providing that overall offense for the New Jersey Devils and the supporting cast they particularly highlighted Yegor Sharangovich and also Dawson Mercer, uh, that they also have to step up their games if they want uh, the New Jersey Devils to basically go in the right direction in terms of the overall development. Because the one thing that all about the jersey.com talked about, and I kind of agree with them in this regards, is that the New Jersey Devils are very top-heavy. So for any of my religious listeners, you probably recall me saying this, which is the New Jersey Devils, they relied a lot on Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. And uh, at some point during the year, uh, Brad and Hughes were both on the top line. And I said, that's great and all, but someone like Heischer, he's not really getting the reps that he really needs in order to build his stats. So it's not really doing us any favors if Jesper Brad and Jack Hughes are both on the top line. I said, put Jesper Brad on the second line with Nico Heischer. So that way, Jack Hughes can help develop someone like Sharon Govich and Mercer and take their games to another level. And that way, Brad can help out Nico Heischer. So that way, all is well with the New Jersey Devils and we're not so top heavy. But the one thing I said going into the trade deadline was that the New Jersey Devils were in need of some depth help because, uh, like I just said moments ago, they are way too top heavy. And, you know, when you look at someone like Andreas Janssen, when you look at Dawson Mercer, when you look at uh, Yegor Sharangovich, especially at the beginning of the year, Tomas Tatar, 
there was just a lot of inconsistency throughout the forward pairings for the New Jersey Devils. And then when you look on the defensive side of things, outside of Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton, I really hope that Dougie Hamilton is able to have a bounce back year come uh, next season because I'm just betting on the fact that he got hurt and he was never able to recover from that. And then as for Ryan Graves, you know, uh, he's going to give us what he gives us. But, you know, Jonas Siegenthaler, despite him being a consistent uh, defenseman, he doesn't provide much offense. P.K. Subban is not the player that he once was. Then again, he's not returning. Uh, Ty Smith, what highlights? It was a bunch of lowlights. So overall, the one thing I just said about the New Jersey Devils is that we just don't have that depth in terms of scoring. And, you know, on the goalie side of things, that certainly didn't make things easier for us to try to muster up wins as the season progressed. So my overall uh, thought process this season for the New Jersey Devils was that I felt as though we took strides forward, if that makes sense, which is I know the, the the record doesn't do us justice, but I feel as though the New Jersey Devils really did improve this season in terms of just trying to get the most out of certain players because one of my X factors going into this year was Yegor Sharangovich. Can he provide without the services of Jack Hughes? Because was Jack Hughes making him look good or is Yegor, Yegor Sharangovich really that player that just has that much untapped potential and we're just not realizing it uh, until you know he was able to have a few big moments last year and ultimately at the beginning of the year it was proven that he and Yanni Kokkonen the reason that they were you know so talked about was just because of Jack Hughes and his overall production and what he was able to do for them and then when Jack Hughes went down with that injury during the second game of the year it really exploited that uh, Yegor Sharangovich he's kind of behind the the production ladder uh, much further than we anticipated. So that was definitely disappointing to see, but he really started to turn around as the season progressed. But my overall question for Yegor Sharangovich, and he's still an X Factor going into next year, which is, is he going to still be able to, like, you know, uh, just reach some more untapped potential, or has he really reached the ceiling? And that's something about all about the jersey.com also talked about. And then for Dawson Mercer, is he going to be sort of like Ty Smith? Is he going to hit that sophomore slump? Because Dawson Mercer was just like, in the words of Travis Scott, he was out like a light because sometimes he was on and sometimes he was off and sometimes uh, he went stretches of games without providing us anything. So that was my overall concern for Dawson Mercer, which is, is he going to help us in terms of just the overall production and is he not going to hit that sophomore year slump or is he going to take a few steps forward but when looking at the big three for the New Jersey Devils uh, I can bet that Jack Hughes is definitely going to make a comeback next season because he missed like what 33 games and uh, that really hindered his growth and development. Luckily, he was still able to become an all-star, and he was still able to be, like, one of the top players of the week, like, late in December or something like that. But overall, I I'm betting that Jack Hughes will uh, play in a lot more games come next year. And then for someone like Jesper Bratt, I I'm hearing that the New Jersey Devils, uh, he might stick around with the organization for six or more years or something like that. That that's not confirmed or denied. I'm, that's just something I'm, I've been hearing around the organization. So hopefully uh, Jesper Brad, he's able to keep the development going because the one concern I have for Jesper Brad is like, yes, he did have a career year. He led our team in assists, points, and he was tied with Jack Hughes for goals. And he had a he had a great showing this year because he was able to rack up the points. He had 73 points in 76 game appearances, and basically he's averaging a point per game. So. I'm very proud of what he's been able to do this season. But my overall question is, can he keep this going forward? So that's my main concern for Jesper Bratt. But 
I'm going to bank on that. Maybe he is going to, uh, you know, build on from this past season and just try to maybe be that all-star because I feel as though, and, and I think a lot of people can agree with me in this regard, Jesper Bratt was one of the more underrated players in the NHL. He deserved to be an all-star. He deserved to be there with Jack Hughes because uh, Jack Hughes does not have the season he is having if it's not for the services of Jesper Bratt because if Jack Hughes is scoring a goal, who's usually there assisting him on his goal? It's Jesper Bratt and vice versa. So I felt as though you needed that dynamic duo uh, out there in Vegas for the All-Star game, but that's just my uh, hot take. But overall, I, I believe that Jesper Bratt can develop, but my main concern, and AllAboutTheJersey.com agrees with me in this regards, is Nico Heischer, because Nico Heischer, uh, he had somewhat of a really good year, and uh, coming into the league, uh, he was, you know, he had a lot of hype surrounding him, and Unfortunately for a lot of first-round picks, after what Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid are able to do, people like Nico Heischer, they have a lot of pressure uh, being the first overall pick to perform ASA now. Same with Jack Hughes, because Jack Hughes didn't have a good uh, first year in the league either after being the first overall pick. So the bar is always high uh, from here on out for first overall picks, and it's a little unfair, but I felt as though Nico Heischer, he needs to get a lot more respect from the league and what he's been able to do because he was second on the team for points with 60, and he was able to dress in 70 games. So overall, can Nico Heischer also take his game to another level? Because uh, I'm just hovering on that borderline of like he's going to you know add more point totals or is he going to have less point totals so that's my overall thing for Nico Heizer and I just felt as though he deserves more credit as to what he was able to do this season so this year he was able to appear in 70 games he had 21 goals 39 assists for a grand total of 60 points and I think for Nico Heischer is that he needs like a good supporting cast around him, similar to what uh, Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt were able to do for one another. I feel as though Nico Heischer kind of needs the same thing if he wants to take his game to another level. But I feel as though Nico Heischer is heading in the right direction. But my main concern for the captain is like, can he improve just a little bit more? Or is this really what we can expect from Nico Heischer, which is his stats are pretty good and they are respectable. I I'm not denying that, but I just feel as though he could just take it to like maybe 70, 80 points if he could, because he's a top six player. Uh, he's a great two-way player as well. I feel as though he can definitely win uh, a Selkie award or at least, you know, put his name into the running for that particular award. But I feel as though for someone like, uh, for he sure, he just needs like, he, he just needs to kick his game into another gear, if that makes sense. So my overall thing for our young baby big three is like, I just really hope the development is there and that this wasn't just like a quote, quote, fluke year because I need Jack Hughes to suit up in more games. I need Jesper Bratt to continue to do what he did uh, from this season and, and carry it over into next year. And that for Nico Heischer, you know, he had a great year. And I, like I said, uh, out of all the years he's been in the league, this was by far his best productive season. And he was able to stay healthy for the majority of this year, which is something I also said as an X factor because he missed like two thirds of the year last year. So my thing for, for Nico Heischer is like, I need him to suit up in more games. Well, you know, he, he, he dressed in 70 games, but you get what I'm saying, which is like, I just need him to stay healthy and I need him to just, you know, get me 70 points. Like I want him to have the same kind of productive year that Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt were able to do, which is, you know, uh, just be the, hovering around in the 70s range. Now, I feel as though Jack Hughes could have gotten there with ease had he not missed 33 games because Jack Hughes only suited up in 49 games, but he had 56 total points. 
So my overall thing for the big three is like, I think we're heading in the right direction, but the main thing for them going forward is that they kind of need some help uh, around them because on average and all about the jersey.com uh, touched on this on average, usually a good team has about uh, six players who are able to get you 45 or more points. But the problem is like, can we get that from some of our players? Because, you know, we got that kind of production from Sharon Govich and Severson and Mercer was able to give us 42, but I told you the struggles that Mercer had. And then, you know, looking down the list, uh, you look at Zaka Janssen. Well, we'll talk about that momentarily, but first, it is time for the first live read this morning, and it comes from our friends. Well, where did I put my bill bars? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get you hip to the uh, brownie butter puffs. So I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie butter. Sometimes I uh, eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now at Built.com. Have you ever tried uh, Built Puffs yet? I'm sure uh, if you haven't already, they're waiting for you because they're delicious, and it's a uh, great flavored marshmallow covered in 100% uh, real chocolate. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 7 grams of sugar, brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to Built.com. Get brownie batter puffs right now. The offer is go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKS15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. And now, the second live read comes from our friends at BetOnline.net. So, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. So as promised, we're going to talk a little bit more about the article in depth, and I'm going to give you guys my initial reactions because AllAboutTheJersey.com, once again, they really hit the nail on the head in terms of the overall production that the New Jersey Devils need uh, in terms of forwards because, you know, despite us taking steps forward in that regards, I feel as though the New Jersey Devils can definitely improve in sort of that way. So as promised, we're going to talk a little bit more about the article that I found on AllAboutTheJersey.com because all the points they hit upon in the article are things that I agree upon. So here's a snippet from the article. They said, uh, the Devils need the players who did Eclipse 40 to not take any steps back next season. I don't think anyone has to worry about Jack Hughes' production. Well, you know, no duh. As despite missing 33 games, he still finished third on the team in scoring and has the only Devil to finish above a point-per-game pace. Jesper Bratt would need the next one. I wouldn't worry about. And as always, uh, he played with skill and effort to score 60 to 70 points per season if he continues to be played with talented line mates he'll be fine uh, next season as well and they also talked about the worry about Nico Heischer because the, the thing about Heischer is that you know him being a two-way player he sometimes gets the tougher assignments because between uh, Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt uh, it, it goes Nico Heischer Jesper Bratt and then Jack Hughes in terms of overall you know being able to play two-way because 
we rely heavily on Nico Heischer to do that. And like I said early on in the episode, I feel as though Heischer, with his overall production and his potential, he could definitely, you know, put his name into the Selkie Award race. So uh, digressing a little bit, they, they talked about the big three and they talked about players who, you know, who eclipsed 40 points. They, they can't have them take any steps backwards next season. But here's the overall concern that I have. And I just want to say, uh, before we talk about the point souls, uh, remember, there were a lot of players who were able to have their best offensive production this year under the guidance and tutelage of Lindy Ruff. So I'm just putting that out there because uh, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago in which I said that I believe that Lindy Ruff should not lose his job because I just feel as though it was circumstance. But digressing a little bit, I've already talked enough upon that, uh, that subject. So let's talk more about the point souls and which players cannot lose take any steps backwards so Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes they were our big three they led our team in points I think we can safely assume barring anything catastrophic I think it's uh, safe to say that Bratt, Hughes and Heischer will uh, remain atop of the points totals for the New Jersey Devils so Bratt was able to finish with 73 points Heischer with 60 and then Hughes with 56 and then the next player on that list is Sharon Govich with 46 now here's where my concerns start to arise a little bit and as you guys know I love Sharon Govich. He was one of my favorite players to watch last season. But my overall concern that I have for him, and this is going to be a huge X factor coming into next season as well, is like, can he produce without Jack Hughes? Because if you guys recall, at the beginning of the year, Sharon Govich wasn't really producing, and we had to make him a healthy scratch a couple times, I believe. So overall, I really need Sharon Govich to just add on five or ten more points and just, you know, uh, be that player that I believe he can be uh, going forward, because the thing about Sharon Govich, having 46 points in 76 game appearances, that's not really good on paper. But when we're looking at the overall context of it, which is Sharon Govich got off to a real slow start to begin the year. But then as the season progressed, I believe come late December or early January, Sharon Govich was able to take his game to the level that he was able to do uh, during his rookie year. So once again, I believe Sharon Govich, he kind of hit the sophomore slump a little bit, but this is uh, leads into my next topic, which is Dawson Mercer, because my overall thing for Dawson Mercer is that I really cannot have him hit uh, the rookie wall or, or the sophomore slump at all, because uh, Mercer in 82 game appearances, which, by the way, is impressive that he was able to suit up in all 82 games. He had 42 points, but if, if you guys recall what I just said is that sometimes you forgot that Dawson Mercer was out there because sometimes he would go five or ten game stretches without really doing anything and the only impressive thing that you could say about Dawson Mercer aside from uh, him getting off to a pretty respectable start to his rookie year campaign was that uh, he played in all 82 games you can't really talk about his consistency his plus minus was a negative 25 and if he's leading our our third line at the center position we're kind of in trouble because Dawson Mercer as proven when you moved him uh, to the winger position alongside with Jack Hughes, he was able to improve a little bit. So if, if Dawson Mercer is running the show on his own line in the bottom six, I feel as though that's not really beneficial for him going forward. So the Devils really need to add some more depth this offseason, whether it's free agency or by a trade, so that way we can just get those more scoring options. And then when you look at Damon Severson, he was able to lead all our defensemen in points with 46. He appeared in 80 games. He had uh, 11 goals, 35 assists, and uh, if you guys recall, he was able to average the most ice time amongst all our defensemen. But the one thing I say about Damon Severson, he kind of is a bonehead on the defensive side of things. And, you know, he's a his position is defenseman. 
So that's my overall concern right there moving forward for the New Jersey Devils, which is, you know, we were able to have somewhat of a good storyline, which is we were able to just fully function our baby big three in Brad, Heizer, and Hughes. But besides those guys, like, can you really rely on Sharon Govich to give us five or ten more points? I guess out of, you know, Severson or, or Mercer, I would say so, just because, like, Sharon Govich, he was able to pick it up towards the end of the year, and I really hope he was able to, you know, take the lessons that he learned at the beginning of the year and just try to improve his overall game. So I'm betting on Sharon Govich improving come next year. But when you look at someone like Dawson Mercer, he's a young guy. You got to take into fact that maybe he'll hit the sophomore year slump, similar to what happened to Ty Smith this year. You know, can Mercer also provide us uh, 40 plus points coming into next year? I don't really know, but, you know, if all goes well, Alexander Holtz will definitely be brought up to the NHL and he'll begin the, he'll begin the, uh, the, the season on the roster of the New Jersey Devils. So maybe uh, Holtz can help take some of the uh, burden off of Mercer's shoulders because Mercer and Holtz were basically two juggernauts just battling for that uh, roster spot. Uh, after training camp and also during the course of preseason, but ultimately Mercer was able to uh, just edge Holtz in that regard. So my overall thing is like, can Mercer uh, give us 40 plus points? But then after that, you got Pavel Zaka at 36. You got Andreas Johnson at 35. Tomas Tatar at 30. Dougie Hamilton at 30. Once again, uh, Dougie Hamilton, he missed like nearly two months due to a facial fracture. He missed uh, 20 games this year, so he had he also had to get surgery. So I'm betting that Dougie Hamilton will definitely rack up more points and get his name back into the Norris Trophy race. And then when looking at Ryan Graves, he had six goals, 22 assists for a grand total of 28 points, and he had a plus-minus of negative nine. So Ryan Graves is like, you know, the, the, the problem with Ryan Graves is like, the reason I like him so much is because he's so under the radar. Like, he's not really going to, you know, be all that flashy. And he was able to have a career high in points, assists, and goals. And that's great and all, but he had six goals, 22 assists for a grand total of 28 points. So, well, once again, it's just like, you know, the point totals is not really going to come from the defensive side of things, especially with Jonas Siegenthaler as well. So, it's just like uh, the Devils really need to add some more depth at the forward position in order to just, you know, get that production up a little bit more so that way they can just approve upon uh, this upcoming year. So my overall thing for New Jersey Devils is we have a big three forming, and that's great and all, but if they're not getting the help they need, then their talent is going to go to waste. So once again, the Devils were able to take very good strides this season, and I feel as though it's going to be full steam ahead uh, come off season, and I think Tom Fitzgerald is definitely going to get busy. He's going to get on the phone lines. The Devils do have that second overall pick, so I'm just putting that out there. Tom Fitzgerald has not confirmed that the Devils will hold on to it, but I'm just you know putting that out there once again, which is the Devils could possibly trade it, but at the same time, they do have plentiful of assets to give up in uh, you know in regards to the second overall pick. So they don't have to give up the second overall pick because they got prospects. They got someone like Pavel Zaka. And, you know, they got some other aspects as well. But ultimately, you know, if there's a player that's too good to pass up. So, like, I put out a poll on my Twitter page, which is, you know, who would you uh, most want to see come to the New Jersey Devils if we did have to trade away the second overall pick? A lot of you said Matthew Kachuk. So let's just say hypothetically, this is I'm just saying hypothetically, this is not even a silly season episode. If my, if uh, Matthew Kachuk were to be rumored to come to the New Jersey Devils and Tom Fitzgerald was in the works to, you know, work out a trade and get his family member over here and that second overall pick comes into play, then you guys really can't get mad about that because 
once again, uh, I need the big three to provide some more points, but we need a few other players to provide some points because I'm not sure if I can really rely on Pavel Zaka to give us uh, 40 plus points. I, I just don't think it's going to happen because I believe his best year in terms of production and, and getting the attention that he so desperately wanted was last year during the shortened 56 game season. And then Andreas Janssen had 35 points and Thomas Tatar. I had big hopes for Thomas Tatar. I really thought he would like, you know, just be that diamond in the rough because if you guys recall, he was able to have 61 points on the Montreal Canadiens just a few years ago. So I felt as though if we gave him a better opportunity, then maybe Thomas Tatar could be uh, that other X factor and just be that bit bigger addition to our uh, top six, because that's why I projected Thomas Tatar to be, because I said that uh, Thomas Tatar is going to be a top six player. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Come the season, Thomas Tatar, pretty much a bottom six player. And, and, you know, he went stretches and stretches and stretches of games without scoring. So my overall thing for the New Jersey Devils is, is this, like we need more options at Ford. We need more depth this off, off season. And we really, Need to make sure that, especially Nico Heischer, that our big three develops in the right way in terms of just trying to rack up the points totals. Because if the New Jersey Devils want any chance of getting back to the playoffs, then it doesn't just start at the goalie position. That's a huge part, don't get me wrong. But it also starts with the Fords and their overall point productions because, you know, we, we can rely on someone like Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, and also Jack Hughes to maybe give us 60 to 70. But we need other players to also give us 40-plus consistently and not, you know, be a huge X factor or question mark moving forward. So according to AllAboutTheJersey.com, once again, they had one of their workers. His name is John. They said that John discussed roughly a month ago how league average goaltending wouldn't have been enough to make the Devils get a playoff uh, spot. So just putting that out there, which is the numbers back it up, which is even if we had decent goaltending, we would be in a much better position, don't get me wrong, but we still wouldn't be a playoff team. So that's my overall uh, thought process for the New Jersey Devils, which is if we want to be a playoff team, yes, it starts with goaltending, but also it starts with more depth at the forward position. That's why I was so big on maybe trading away the second overall pick, because what good is it that we're going to draft like Slavkowski or Cooley or Nemish or, or someone like that? What good is that going to do? Well, you know, Nemish is a, is a defenseman, but uh, digressing a little bit, you know, what good is like drafting like Cooley or Slavkowski going to do if it's going to take them a few years to develop and then join the New Jersey Devils? Like we have a lot of young prospects. We have a lot of young talent that is definitely going to take us to new heights. We have Luke Hughes. We have Alexander Holtz. The Utica Comets are still participating in the Calder Cup to try to win the entire thing for Christ's sake. So I'm just like, we have a lot of talent to work with. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you know, it, it doesn't just start with goaltending. It starts with everywhere for the New Jersey Devils. And one of the reasons why I was big on trading the second overall pick is that if we could get that production via a trade and there's a team like in the red in terms of salary cap and they have to give up a player and we can have them at our mercy, why not capitalize on it, guys? I'm just putting that out there. So let me know what you guys think. Should the New Jersey Devils um, uh, try to trade the second overall pick to get more depth at the forward position? Should they? Who should they sign? You know, I've been seeing some reports on uh, Bleacher Report that maybe they can, you know, pursue someone like Malkin. And I feel like Malkin would be a good glue piece. I'll talk about that in a future episode. But let me know what you guys think about the New Jersey Devils and their overall development. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys. So once again, big three. I, I have the utmost in faith in them that they're going to give us a lot of points, but they got to give us just a little bit more. 
And in terms of the supporting cast, they need some help. I don't, I don't have the utmost faith in Sharon Govich. I don't have the utmost faith in, in uh, Mercer. Good players, but at the same time, do you really bank on those two players to maybe give us 45 uh, come, like, you know, uh, February when, when we really need to hit it into, uh, into overtime, if that makes sense? So can they kick it into a new gear? So let me know what you guys think. Leave a comment down below on YouTube or uh, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. Once again, that's for today's episode. That's all the time I have for you guys. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for watching and listening once again.